Hello and welcome to the Florida Peanut Podcast. I'm Noah Walker from All Things Visual Marketing and joining us today we have our fearless leader and executive director Laura Fowler-Goss as well as Lieutenant Reardon from the Florida Highway Patrol to talk to us today about highway safety both for those driving with agricultural vehicles and those driving agricultural vehicles on our state highways. Welcome. Lieutenant, thanks for um, following me in with that uh, flashing signals that you gave the people down Highway 41. Absolutely. (laughs) So, Lieutenant Reardon, uh, we we really do appreciate you coming in and and talking to us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You've you've had a long uh, career with FHP. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, was fortunate enough to join the Highway Patrol in 1985 uh, from... from the little town of Bell, they sent me to Miami. Uh, I spent 10 years in South Florida and then worked my way north uh, via Central Florida and then back home to uh, North Florida. Back to the promised land. Yeah. Ooh, from nice. Bell to Miami. Yeah. So it was a good experience. Uh, you know, every place that I've ever worked, every trip, a troop I've ever worked in uh, has been, there's been good people and, and I've enjoyed it. Every place that I've ever worked, uh, Tampa, Orlando, uh, so and Lake City, so it's been good. Nice. Well, so before we started recording, you talked to us a little bit about some of the statutes that are required for driving an agricultural vehicle, a tractor or a large truck, something that's going to go under the speed limit, um, about some of those requirements for driving one of those vehicles. So let's start out and have you tell us what those are. Well, certainly everybody is familiar with, at least in the agricultural community, is, is familiar with the, um, the slow-moving vehicle uh, decal or sign, however you're uh, posting that or displaying that on your equipment. And I think that's a good start uh, for what we're talking about today, which is safety. Uh, but that, that's one of the minimal uh, decals or signs that there. there's also additional requirements for lighting uh, but like we were talking before, I think that, you know, doing something uh, above and beyond what's required is probably a better, is probably better for the individuals uh, operating that equipment as well as the people that are moving around it. Absolutely. So what you're saying is give everybody a show whenever they're, whenever <laughs> you're driving a vehicle, you want to make it flashy and make sure they can see you from a long distance through whatever, whatever weather they might be driving in, et cetera, et cetera, right? Exactly. And you know, with the technology we have these days, um, you have these reflective materials that are very, very visible, even a small piece of it. And those could be very, very helpful uh, you know, to place on your machinery for to display the width as well as the height, um, because let's face it, you know, you're not always running these pieces of equipment Monday through Friday eight to five. There right. Are many times, you know, dusk and you know, uh, you know, in the dark, and so we definitely would uh, want to maximize the visibility of that. And you know, in the in the course of you know your daily activities. Many of those decals, especially the slow-moving vehicle uh, sign, can get dirty. So yep. it would be good to, you know, periodically take the time to take and uh, clean those signs and clean the, the reflective tape that you might put on there so that you're maximizing visibility. That's right. So these are the triangle. I mean, they're, they're, they're this big triangles, and they go on the rear center of, of the vehicle. And I'll tell you, I'm especially proud of a lot of our peanut farmers here in North Central Florida because if there's 
you know, one or two tractors baling hay, moving from one field to the next, you know, they'll have the triangle. And they try to move during the periods of time that the highways are least busy. Right. So I'm thankful for that. But during picking season, which National Farm Safety Week falls during prime peanut harvest season, um, somebody called them a picker parade, mm. where they string together five, six, ten combines. A lot of our guys are counting on the local sheriff's departments to escort them. And I think that's fantastic. And so far, we've had an exceptional response. Um, nobody's been busy. They say, tell me when you're coming out to a main highway, and a couple of deputies meet them. Uh, but also, in those larger moves, the farmers are just, they want to get off the highway and get in the field. The, the same as the people traveling want them to get off the highway. But I think it's worth mentioning that they take extra care in the large caravans to put some flashing light farm trucks before and after in addition with calling for those escorts but i expect that if we were to dig through the statistics it's the one plow moving two miles down the local road that is more dangerous than those than those convoys well, well go ahead yeah certainly uh anytime that you've got uh vehicles that are moving at the at the slower rates the slower speeds you have the potential for uh, a crash uh, let's face it you know many of these county roads and state roads that are they're you know 60 65 miles an hour maybe lower than that and then you've got vehicles that are traveling at those speeds approaching a piece of equipment that's doing half that so the uh, the evaporation rate there or if you will the the that those vehicles are approaching each other uh, can make it very, very dangerous. So, and let's face it, uh, you know, our, our farmers, you know, the, the number one priority uh, is to, to minimize downtime. Mm -hmm. And if you get into a crash, uh, you're, you're definitely, that downtime is going to be there because by the time that, you know, somebody has to come out and do a crash investigation and that, that vehicle yes. is, vehicle or vehicles are sidelined, that's time and daylight you're not you know you're not using that that's exactly right so it wasn't all that long ago that think think of a man harvesting Noah I mean they say I don't believe I could do it but they say a, a man can harvest a person forgive me for being politically incorrect a person can harvest by hand one acre a day so I understand that a combine can harvest a hundred ish 120 150 maybe acres a day um, and they plant the fields according to how much they can plant during the planting window and how much they can harvest during the harvesting window. And if they're down six hours writing up reports and they're down a day and a half ordering parts and trying to fix things, this is not what the farmer wants. Uh, but also at some point, let's talk about what the consumer wants. They want to eat, but they show their appreciation with the one finger salute yeah, as right. they're zipping around the, the equipment on the roads. How, how prevalent, um, before we get to that part, how prevalent are wrecks with agricultural vehicles in Florida? Well, fortunately, uh, looking at some of the statistical data for the last two years, um, it looked like we had approximately 165 uh, crashes uh, with some type of agricultural uh, equipment um, and that included some things that are actually not tractors but it's a, something that was associated and classified as a piece of agricultural mm -hmm. equipment so fortunately not too many um, in that period 
um, we had four fatalities, mm -hmm. um, which would again is a pretty low number. I mean, certainly tragic, but um, but the fact of the matter is, is um, I think Laura brings up a good point: is that you know uh, you're not only talking about the downtime that you could have on the scene, which now you've got a, a big piece of equipment that has to be repaired. And let's face it, you know these the, the piece of uh, the machinery that our current day farmers are using is none of it's cheap. Yeah, right. time is money and damages is money, really. Yeah. So you get a double hit there. Not good. Mm -hmm. Not good at all. Um, what are some of the causes of those those wrecks or accidents with with those agriculturally typed vehicles? I talked about it before, but uh, I think the most prevalent is where you have these rear end collisions. Mm -hmm. um, let's face it, you know, these vehicles, uh, they're designed for probably a top speed of around 25, 30 miles an hour, and you've got cars and stuff that are traveling, you know, at highway speeds. Um, we talked about it earlier on about distracted driving, mm -hmm. and certainly distracted driving could be part of the part of the process in these rear-end collisions. Um, but again, like we were talking, you know, phones are not the only distractions that we see. So here's what I'm thinking, Lieutenant. If I'm driving on Highway 129 and I'm swatting my kid in the back seat and 60 miles an hour, Highway 129, I'm swatting at the kid and then I look up and there's a piece of farm equipment. What What's the distance I have to be able to to react and stop and not mess up my face. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, so you're traveling at approximately you know ninety feet per second at sixty miles an hour. Ninety feet a second. Yeah, and uh, that's you know you, you bring up discipline in your child, um, but that could be one distraction. You know, a pet on. Uh, you know, it's we're quick to take and talk uh, talk about kids and their cell phones and people texting, and that certainly is a problem. But distracted driving comes in many forms. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, cheeseburger, a cup of coffee, you know, putting, applying makeup, uh, oh, messing mm -hmm. with the radio. There's a lot of pets on a, a person's lap. Uh, any of those things can be distracting factors and have the, the unfortunately have the, uh, the 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 same outcome, which is you get into a rear end collision. It, I, one time, <clears throat> I backed into a lady. And the officer. <laughs> Jeez. I, oh, hold on. I'm there. going somewhere. <laughs> this is recorded. <laughs> the officer said most every time when the front of a vehicle and the back of a vehicle meet each other, it is the, the person in back's fault. Most of the time when that happens, it was a rear end situation. Is that what you would say is true? I mean, like most of the time it's somebody running into somebody that hurts them both and causes a crash and messes everything up. Yeah, and you know, when we're talking about collisions, when we're certainly we're talking about these agricultural equipment, we know uh, that agricultural equipment comes in a lot of different forms. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I specifically remember we had a crash over in uh, Lafette County um, one time where uh, a spray uh, a tractor was pulling a spray rig, mm. and the arms, you know, those things, they, when, they're, when they're folded out, you've got a distance of maybe 60 feet, maybe yeah. longer, and they had been folded backwards. Oh. And unfortunately, the young man that was going to college that day misjudged the distance of that spray arm, and the thing actually penetrated the passenger side 
and uh, spun not only his car around, but also spun the uh, piece of equipment around. Wow. Uh, the fortunate part uh, that day was that he did not have his normal passenger with him that was riding the school Hallelujah. But I think it goes to show that there's a variety of equipment that's out on the road, whether it's plows, it's hares, it's mowers, it's balers. But going again back to the, the marking, because uh, you want to maximize visibility while that equipment's on the road. And so, you know, some additional lighting, some additional synchronized flashers, um, all of that would help visibility, which helps notify motors that there is a slow-moving vehicle on the roadway. And let's face it, the, the farmers don't like to be on the road any more than exactly. they have to. Um, but uh, maybe it's good also for them to be in mind that uh, they have different drivers there. They could have younger drivers. They could have, uh, you know, any experienced drivers driving this equipment. And maybe it's good for them to take and be somewhat defensive drivers while they're on that equipment. Mm -hmm. And yeah, say, hey, sure. you know, I've got 10 or 15 cars backed up behind me. Let me slowly ease this thing off the road, let this traffic pass, and then get back on the road. A little more time, but it's certainly a, a, a little safer route to go. I've actually seen that. So a lot of times if, if the incline of the ditch is significant or if it's wet, you know, and, and, and there's soggy down there, it's, it's difficult for these larger pieces of equipment, especially to find a place to pull over, but absolutely they will. You know, if they see a lot of folks stacked up behind them, they'll find a safe place to pull over. So I'll give that shout out to farm equipment drivers on the roadways because um, they don't want anybody fussing at them or and it's not calling them out somewhere. But it, but it, it happens and, yeah. and say what you're going to say, but, but I think in the spring during planting season, there's more equipment on the road. And then mm -hmm. certainly in the fall during harvest season, there's much more equipment on the road than other times of the year in this area. Um, well, so the thing about that equipment too is that it's you know a quarter of a million dollars at the cheapest in some instances. They don't want it, it busted yeah, up. They don't want it busted up. It doesn't have a great suspension system. It's hard to pull off the side of the road just because of those bumps and that incline. You flip one of those things over, oh, yeah, yeah. you're out of pocket more than a thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand dollar car. Right, 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 right. To be fair to all agricultural producers, what are some tips and tricks? Uh, or rather just tips for um, your everyday driver approaching an agricultural vehicle on the highway. Yeah, so, you know, I think we all, it's also important to recognize the, the number of people that are moving to Florida mm. from metropolitan areas, yeah. and they might not totally understand and appreciate uh, the movement of uh, some of these convoys and this uh, equipment on the roadway, but we certainly recognize that if, you know, People don't farm, we don't eat. Mm -hmm. but with that in mind, um, you know, and you were talking about the fall harvest, I know many times, you know, and it's out of the control of the farmer, you know, depending on what they're hauling, if it's silage or something that's lighter, many times those things are hard to contain, and so you do have uh, some yeah. of the material blowing off, mm -hmm. and people want to get around it. We all understand that. But uh, when you make rash movements on the roadway, you know, uh, a quick passing moving over, uh, either to the right or trying to get around them on a double yellow or on a curve or a hill, that just is bad business for mm. everybody. You're mm. putting a lot of people. So my suggestion would be recognize that the farmers don't want to be there any longer than they have to. Give them uh, due, you know, due time to take and get down the road and get off the road safely. When you have an opportunity to pass them, do that safely just like you do any other place. 
but recognize there's going to be some stuff that blows off that thing. So my thing would be following distance, following distance, following distance. You know, adjust yeah. your speed, but back your you know your following distance off so that they can see you. You can see what's going on around them, because they're many times although they're elevated, their visibility is jeopardized. Uh, encroached a little bit because of many times of what they've got they're pulling because let's face it many times it's not just a single unit and a trailer it may be multiple pieces of equipment they're pulling so you've got a thing that may stretch out you know a hundred feet from from front to, to, to rear yeah and probably too just just to have a little dose of patience because like Laura was saying most of these pieces of equipment aren't moving all that far so just, yeah. you know, sit back, open up your sunroof, let a couple pieces of produce <laughs> fall on into your lap, um, enjoy it later. Um, get the pet out of your lap. Yeah, get the pet out of your lap, let the corn cob or a few peanut holes drop in. I'll, I'll tell you, the, the thing that strikes me is from when I adjust the radio or the air conditioner um, until I look up and realize that there is something going very slowly and it's very large in front of me. I've got two or three seconds mm. to get my vehicle slowed down, and that's not very long. Well, the other thing, as these these, these men and women are running this equipment, it takes larger, uh, it takes longer for them to make a turn, and you know the uh, when they do make a turn now, many times, especially if they got multiple pieces of equipment, you know you have the the uh, they have to take and have a larger. Uh, area to turn that thing to take and get all the vehicles through yeah. a gate or off the roadway as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So it, again, giving them some distance gives them the ability to take and make a turn um, or stop, in the, as the case may be, uh, in the safest manner as possible. Gosh, Lieutenant, thank you so much. I, I feel like we've given some tips to the farmers. We've given some tips to the I think that I, you know, I think that we could touch again on some farmer tips. You know, uh, we've talked about the reflective lights and and some of that stuff. Is there anything else that you that you would let people know who are driving agricultural equipment on or around the roads? I mean, I, I think a you know a, a, a regular routine you know inspection of lightings, you know the lighting that's on a vehicle mm -hmm. and your attachments, you know. In, in addition, you know the uh, the stability of your load. You know, mm -hmm. if you're if you're hauling, you know, eight hundred or thousand pound rolls of hay down the road, let's you know, yeah, you want to get it from point A to point B in the safest manner possible, which means that you may have to take a little more time to take and stack it or strap mm -hmm. it down, so that you're assured that if in the event that you have to make an emergency stop or turn that your load is not going to shift or come off because uh, easily, you know, a thousand pound roll of hay or uh, 800 pound roll of hay in the middle of the road could uh, not only could kill or maim somebody, but uh, it could do a lot of damage. Oh, for sure. What, um, so we've talked, we've covered large pieces of equipment and our combines and sprayers and, and stuff along that magnitude. What about some of your smaller pieces of equipment? Your, maybe your, your farm side by side or, uh, I don't know, your four-wheeler from here to there. What are some um, tips that you would give operators of those on or around highways. Well, again, you know, uh, there's a lot of technology that that we enjoy these days. Um, for example, seat belts. You know, the seat seat belts and rollover. You know, ropes. The rope system, uh, which is rollover protection. Those systems are built by the manufacturers for a reason, and it's great that we live in you know rural rural areas and that we have the ability. To let our kids and grandkids, you know, operate some of these 
uh, off-road vehicles, the side-by-sides, the, the Gators, the Kubotas, the, and whatnot. But it also gives us an opportunity to take and start teaching them safety at a very young age because, unfortunately, on a semi-regular basis, we do respond to fatalities where a, a child, you know, 13, 14, maybe 10 or 11, has been allowed to get in the driver's seat of one of those things without being restrained and it goes from fun and games to taking their cousin down the road. The next thing you know, they misjudge a curve or a turn or a ditch, and the next thing you know, it does in fact roll over and many times ejects or, uh, mm. uh, you know, the, one of the passengers. Happens far too often and they're real fun until they're not. Yeah, honestly. I think that's such a smart, smart thing to say though, is, is let's teach safety from the get-go instead of well they're just they're just riding a gator around but when they get in a car when they're 16 i'll be sure they hook their seatbelt every time mm. uh, hard to teach an old dog new tricks and hard to teach a 16 year old boy to be safe too right so <laughs> let's start when he's eight and and driving the the tractor around or or you know running the polaris i think that's really a a good tip there yeah you make it an sop a standard operating procedure because um, you know, regret, you know, that you didn't have the child wearing a helmet or on a, uh, you know, on a recreational vehicle or they didn't use a seatbelt that's sitting there, you know, just ready to be used. Right. Uh, teach them early so that they recognize that, you know, it is important, you know, whether they're driving a, a utility vehicle or once they move up to a car, um, you know, we, we, we know that seatbelts do save lives and it reduces injuries. Yeah, awesome. awesome. Well. So farmer takeaway, we went over those. Consumer takeaway, wrapped it all up in patience. Is that right? Is yeah, that <laughs> be, patient, be patient with the farm equipment for sure. And he gave us some great uh, stats on the last two years of, mm -hmm. of farm accidents, as well as what causes those wrecks. And, and maybe even a little, was it a, a, a physics lesson? in uh you know <laughs> leaving station at, at, at time a and leaving station if, at time b and if have my car <laughs> is at one end zone and noah's tractor is at the other end zone i've got three seconds how fast can you put on your makeup and look up is that no <laughs> don't do it don't do it <laughs> Well, Lieutenant Reardon, uh, anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Well, one thing I, I'd like to close with is that, you know, we have a lot of, uh, and, I, and, I, and I share this message many times in my safety presentations when we're talking about defensive driving and especially young drivers, new drivers, inexperienced drivers, is that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are in a position today that are drivers and instructors mm -hmm. because uh, many of our schools don't teach that anymore. Right. So we get it put into the you know the role as an uncle, as a grandfather, as a you know as as a father, as a mother. Uh, we get put into those roles of driving instructors. Let's use the the experiences that we've had, some of the not not so good experiences, mm -hmm. to pass on to our kids and our maybe our kids, our grandkids, our nieces and nephews, sure. and students, so that they don't have to learn some of the lessons we learned in a hard way. That's right. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. They say the wise man learns from the others, from the fool's mistakes, right? <laughs> That's a great lesson. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for being here with us today. Yeah, Lieutenant. Lieutenant. So nice. Absolutely. Glad uh, to be here. This has been an episode of the Florida Peanut Podcast. Again, I'm Noah Walker, uh, and we've been led by Laura Fowler-Goss, Executive Director and Fearless Leader of the Florida Peanut Federation. And today we've been joined 
very valuably yeah. by Lieutenant Reardon of Florida Highway Patrol out of Lake City. Thank you very much. Thanks Absolutely. for your time. Appreciate it. Have a good day, everybody.